Okay, as the number of COVID patients in Ontario ICUs continues to climb, by the way, hitting 438 today, currently there's close to 2,500 patients in hospital with COVID in the province. And as those numbers climb, many are wondering when, when will the Omicron wave end? Kerry Bowman is a professor at the School of Medicine at the University of Toronto and joins us now for more on this here on Global News Radio. Hey, Kerry, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Appreciate you joining us as always. Okay, uh, cases in South Africa, they are plummeting from a mid-December peak, Kerry, and uh, we're a month behind, roughly a month or so behind South Africa. So when do you think we could expect a a similar uh, decline? Is it on the way in the coming weeks in Ontario and Canada, do you think? Well, you know, the epidemiologists are going to have an opinion that's worth more than mine, but I'm going to say this. Let's hope so. I'm not sure anyone knows for sure. Um, What has been wisely pointed out to us many times by the people in epidemiology and others is that South Africa has very different demographics than we have, as well as an exposure history that we don't have. So South African society has been exposed to, to more virus than we have and more variants. And also they're a much younger population. So that doesn't mean that, you know, it's not going to follow that, but it means we can't be sure. And, you know, Britain's a great place to watch, but we don't have any great answers from them yet either. We're fingers crossed. What, if anything, does our high vaccination rate uh, mean when it comes to uh, Omicron in the wave, whether or not it's going to be a short or, or longer? Well, I mean, you know, all indications are it's the best thing that we can possibly do right now and, um, you know, is have the high vaccination rates. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of time getting very upset about it. And I, I don't blame people for that uh, and being upset with the unvaccinated. But we also lose track of compared to other places that we're actually doing fairly well. Um, in terms of the vaccination rate. And, you know, we're trying everything we can these days and floating all kinds of ideas as to what else we can do, you know, like mandatory vaccines, which is an interesting question. Um, But, you know, let's hope all indications of the vaccines will help us, especially the the third dose. So let's see. Yeah, those vaccines uh, reportedly, you know, are keeping people out of hospital, keeping them uh, less seriously uh, ill. But we're seeing a lot of breakthrough infections, as you know, Carrie. So uh, when it comes to whether or not this Omicron wave is going to be uh, short or extended, uh, I would think maybe that uh, the vaccination rate really doesn't mean a lot there because we are seeing so many breakthrough cases. Couldn't say. You know, the question is really, really complex, and I'm going to leave it to the epidemiologists on that one. But, you know, what I would say is this, is is that, you know, we're really getting caught in the weeds with all of this with Omicron. Let's just step back and look at the big, big picture. What's the greatest threat to us all as Canadians? And the greatest threat to us all as Canadians is not the unvaccinated or even, you know, what's going on day to day. It's the global pandemic, which we are doing as a nation very, very little about. So I would argue that we're getting caught up in, I'm not saying all these questions, the questions you're asking are absolutely important. There's no question about that. But I also think we've we've got to take a breath and look at the big picture as well. And, And that's a tough one. And that we've done very little about. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about that because it's something we've touched on from time to time and is something mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, comes up in the headlines uh, every now and again about uh, making sure that uh, vaccines, and apparently we have now got, after originally the pandemic, uh, a shortage uh, or really no vaccines. We were waiting for a while. We've got, uh, you know, more than enough of vaccines, more than we need right now. So is Canada and the world, uh, we got to do a better job uh, 
getting these uh, vaccines to other places in the world? Yeah. So Canada's absolutely signed on to COVAX and COVAX is a great idea. Remembering that COVAX is, you know, a distribution mechanism for low income countries. So we've made all the right moves. We just haven't actually really done it yet. Uh, we've also had a, you know, sorry, uh, 1 million vaccines that were, that have expired. And also, it's not just that. We also need to lobby. We have to lobby the suppliers, the manufacturers, and, and we have to really think about global health. And, and I think what's happened, we're in such a siege mentality that we're really, including our politicians, I'm going to say, we almost never talk about the big picture. You know, let's ask this. Where did Delta come from? Where did Omicron come from? You know, are we going to have this nightmare lesson of the Greek alphabet where these things keep coming at us? Or are we actually going to take the initiative and begin to think globally? Because this will not end until we do that. Well, that was my very next question for you. When you talk about <laughs> thinking globally and global uh, health, I mean, this pandemic will not become a quote unquote endemic uh, until uh, we, we really look at this uh, and get vaccines where they're needed and needed most. You know, that's exactly right. And we've got many clever people in Canada that are saying we're getting closer and closer to it becoming endemic. But, you know, they seem to be talking about Canada like we're, we're not that close to things becoming endemic globally. Um, I, you know, twice in the last few months, I've been in Yemen, um, the country of Yemen, which has a, a lot of problems, as, as many people listening will know. Um, their vaccination rate is 0.5. I didn't even say five. I said 0.5. Um, unbelievable. They have people dying from this. Their healthcare workers aren't vaccinated. So it's a moral failure, but it's also a massive epidemiological risk to each and every one of us. All right. I got to leave it there for now, but to, to be continued uh, for sure. Carrie, always appreciate your time and your perspective. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday. Happy to do so. Take care. You as well. There goes Carrie Bowman, a professor with the School of Medicine at the University of Toronto, right here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.